Hello and welcome to the 150th episode of The Sausage Factory, which is brought to you by Spawn.com and hosted by me, Chris O'Regan. In this show, we interview video game developers and ask them how they made their start making games, what the incentives are and who inspires them. Split into two halves, the show initially focuses on developers themselves, and in the second half we discuss the game they're here to promote, which in this case is Tokyo 42 by Smack. Gentlemen, who are you? What do you do? (laughs) Introduce yourselves, please. We are Smack. You are indeed. Um, So Smack is a mashup of Sean and Magic. I'm Sean. And and I'm Magic. (laughs) Right. And together we make Smack. (laughs) Wow. Well, there goes the podcast, everyone. Thanks for 150 shows. We we had about 10 minutes to come up with the company name, so that's about as good as it got really oh we just kind of smashed it together we kind of just smacked it together you know, <laughs> well you could have done the other thing by taking random animal and random color that would have worked too <laughs> yeah that well, happens yeah. a lot you know blue line but that, i think it would have required way too much thought <laughs> <laughs> i i have um i've asked developers sometimes about the the background of their name of their show of their put their their their, their 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 gathering if you will their their group and their yeah. company, and some of them, you know, have had Tidiest Shark, and uh, and all sorts of people <laughs> like, well, why? And basically, she, you know, Mitu said, you know, oh well, because I want just want something is threatening. Then turns out it's not, because <laughs> yeah. it's a okay. shark, but it's really small. I said, isn't that pathetic, sharks? Oh yeah. yeah. So I'm sure Viz will have something to say about about that. Um, yeah. But no, we're here to talk about. Tokyo 42, which we will be at depth, in depth in the second half of the show. And we'll probably nip in and out of it in the first half as well, which I found yeah. uh, as the show has evolved, eventually, you know, whether we like it or not, we'll end up talking about it all the way through. But before we do, I want to find out a little bit of the background and how did you make your start making video games? Machek, could you uh, give us a, a history? You can go far back as you like. Yeah. Oh, I was a um, fetus, well, and I saw uh, ones and zeros. A bit of a, a bit of context. Um, Sean and myself are brothers. Uh huh. Um, so uh, I think sort of our relationship started when Sean, I guess, was born, <laughs> um, and probably a, a little bit before that. Um, right. mm-hmm. So you know, that's how we kind of hooked up, and you know, we, you know, as a sort of pairing, we we obviously played a lot of stuff together when we were kids, and mm. I think our first. Apart from like some sort of random computer which we played decathlon on, our first kind of proper gaming machine was a an Amiga. Um, so that's where we kind of had our first real expense uh, sort of uh, experience of games. Um, uh, you know, we got a seven-year age gap, so we kind of parted ways when you know I hit my teens um, because I had to go chase women, I guess. Um, and yeah, you become um, binary. <laughs> Everything's yeah, either yes. awesome or the worst thing ever, and sexually active. Just yeah. and it just rages and the yelling. Not sure what the yeah. yelling's about. Mm, so much yelling. Yeah, all that and yelling, then it takes you ten years to eventually apologise to your parents. I'm really sorry. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah. Um, you know we're, uh, we're we're in we're living in Cape Town, um, okay. and uh, I uh, started a small digital design studio and we did a lot of um, web art stuff uh, type stuff um, so 
And there were a few kind of like social online experiments sort of things. Um, and then that sort of led me when I came to London into sort of digital design stuff. Um, and all the way along, I'd been kind of teaching myself 3D and using it from time to time, obviously professionally, but also just kind of in my own little tests and projects um, uh, sort of in the digital arts realm. Um, so uh, Tokyo 42 is actually our first game. So mm. I was kind of, I felt like I'd, I'd had like a fairly broad range of, I developed a fairly broad range of skills. So coming to making our first game, I was kind of like semi-prepared um, skills-wise because um, I did all the graphics on the game um, and Sean did. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of like the run-up to how we started, essentially, okay. from my perspective. So, but did, had you dabbled in anything prior to that, prior to this? Uh, you, did you like, oh, game maker, let's have a go at this. Hmm, this is interesting. Let's delve further. I mean, how did it work out for you? Or did you, did you dive into Amos on the Amiga? I doubt it, though. I don't know. Um, well, no, I mean, I mean, I, I wanted to give Sean a little chance, but no, I've, I've done like loads of like building levels out for right. various games, right. you know, and racetracks and, um, mm. you know, in the years prior to us starting this game, I had put together like a little first person demo in Unity, mm. very sort of lightweight, um, just kind of seeing how, uh, you know, these new engines work. Um, and how sort of accessible they are, um, but no, I think I think my, my primary sort of involvement in that had been through level editors, um, right? You know, I think yeah. I had made some uh, generals maps. Um, there was some racing game which I spent an inordinate amount of time making racetracks for, um, a bunch of armor stuff. Um, so yeah, that oh. sort of. Yeah, armor. The game were called Muzzle Flash. If you see a Muzzle yeah. Flash, oh yeah, you're yeah. dead. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I can't even but see yeah, it. Uh, no, but you saw the Muzzle Flash, didn't you? Yeah, that means you're probably going to get hit or wounded <laughs> or very dead. Yeah, terrifying game. Um, <laughs> and then Sean, Sean comes from a different side. Obviously, he's he's in code. So. Okay, so Sean, uh, tell us how did you make your start? Is it uh, a case of oh look ones and zeros? They're awesome. Well, yeah, kind of, I guess. Um, I, when I was in high school, I started doing web development as a hobby. And then, you know, for a little bit of money, I kind of conned people into believing that I could make websites for them. And then, was it sort um, of basic I, I HTML doing, and then it, it went on to the style yeah, sheets then, and stuff like that? And Yeah, I was doing like uh, actually like primarily uh, action script stuff on, okay, in Flash. Right. And then with that, I... I actually experimented with making a few games, like not. And when I say I use the term loosely, I didn't make any games. You know, <laughs> I, I very, very badly put together some, you know, mouse-controlled, um, sort of cannon fodder style, um, things, yes. which are bad. Right, um, right. I made, I made like a facial animation generator and all that sort of stuff. And then, like I, back in the day, MySpace was a thing, so I had like I tricked out my MySpace page with all this like <laughs> rad interactive um psychedelic weird stuff and um yeah and i i've always wanted to kind of be a part of games i never thought it was something i would actually end up doing mm. but um i studied engineering and then while i was finishing that i got work as a programmer and um ended up getting into mobile app development 
Okay. Uh, more specifically, iOS apps, and then yeah, I made my way um, through to London. Can you believe it's ten yeah. years now? Ten years since since it, all, since it all kicked off. Since iPhone kicked off was two thousand seven. Yeah. Man, and I've been out of it for two years, and it might as well be ten years. I mean, so much has changed already. It's like, I, yeah, it's weird. Languages. It's you know? a weird space now. Who'd have thought the Android would be now on par with? Yeah, yeah, just whatever comes yeah, out. Yeah, the it's other, insane. It just, it's, yeah, it's very. It's actually intimidating looking back at it and like maybe <laughs> deciding to kind of dabble again because I know how far things have progressed already. Mm. Um. So anyway, I mean that's. That's not something I plan on necessarily doing. So no, no. Hopefully, hopefully that won't be a, a trouble of mine. No, I um, know. Oh, look at it objectively is very, very in- entertaining though. I th- I'm looking from- at it objective seely. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so sorry. No, it's well, it's okay. It's all right. We we'll let it go. 150th episode. We're all right. Okay. Okay. We can do that. We can do dad jokes. Right. All right. Thanks. Look <laughs> how far you've come. No, but I mean, for me, objective C puns. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Hey. That's what you come here for, everyone. We got there quite swiftly. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh god! Oh, sorry. <laughs> Programming joke. Let's let's just uh, put a pen in that one, shall we? Yeah, I think we think we're done. Yeah, Bye, everyone. This has yeah. been great. Um, <laughs> no, I was about to say the only game I play on my phone is threes because it's threes. Come on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, I mean, this this I think there's some great space for mobile games. Magic and I have briefly talked about it, but it's it's also just such a competitive and saturated market. It's like soul destroying to consider getting involved. Really, yeah. in my yeah. opinion. Okay, so but you've been you know coding. It's 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 high level coding stuff. Um, yeah. I say high level coding. You know, it's no one's expecting you to hit hardware anymore these days. Thank God. Um, that's only for driver creators. I believe they're, they're the ones that do that now. Bless them. Well, I did a bit of robotics in university, so oh, that was yeah. pretty low level stuff. Yeah. But, um, also terribly painful, and <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I made a robot pick up eggs, and then I was like, cool. Well, Win. That was a year of my life. And what kind of engineering was it? Did you study? You said engineering because there's many different types. So I just like to ask. Sure. So the the um, degree I did was called mechatronics. Okay. And I think I think the idea there is a mixture between mechanical and electronic engineering with an emphasis on uh, electronics. Okay. That's uh, that's sort of what it was. Robotics. I think it's basically robotics. Sounds it's kind like, of like it, a yeah. primer primer for robotics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh, so moving on then. Uh, yeah, and then then I, I came to London, met Magic, and we were like, "Cool, let's make a game." So we made a game. I think it's rough, roughly quick. how it all yeah. fell into place. I'm sure there yeah. are many other things that happened between that and then. I'm like, hang on, you've got this skill set. Not to use that phrase because it's a horrible phrase. You've got these abilities and talents. That's much better. There you go, much better. And then Sean says, "Well, I've got this like thing about numbers. Awesome. Let's just." push them together and with make, our powers combined with your powers combined <laughs> not wearing capes because as we all know now capes are bad <laughs> they're making a sequel that film a sequel I hope they don't screw it up uh, yeah it better be good yeah because that film was brilliant um, it was incredible wasn't it wasn't oh, wow I'm so sorry <laughs> I don't know should we continue everyone <laughs> I mean, if you're taking really, that's the last one. If, if, if you're taking drinks after every pun, you're probably you know in in, an, in the A and E right now because that's awful. <laughs> Sorry about that. So, 
All right, now this is the next question. This next question uh, is hard to answer. Don't worry if you go, what? But it is basically um, your creators of things, believe it or not, the pair of you. Um, so I'm going to ask you what influences you as creators. What do you find is the biggest thing that you are drawn to that f- causes you to create these things? Hmm. Um, well, personally, I think the biggest influence for me has been, uh, you know, coming up in the digital age um, or kind of maturing my art form in the digital age. So it was all about, you know, seeing random people be sort of being able to express themselves and get stuff out. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, aesthetically, you know, what that sort of meant was that we you know obviously i I really like cyberpunk and um you know all those dark sort of dark animes and stuff from the 90s and um even the 80s um but it was it was funny living in a time where all that sort of stuff started becoming real and it wasn't you know the kind of stuff that people was making was not the sort of cyberpunk visions that we thought but um was still very inspiring to me and it still inspires me to this day so it's I think it's the it's the this thing of not like non sort of creative people in inverted commas making stuff, mm. um, and I love the messy things that people make and kind of um, the like whatever memes and sh- you know shitty Instagram posts and and it's all this kind of like really kind of like this melange of um, stuff being created, mm. um, and I find that like super kind of punky you know, in a way, um, in a, in a very often very kind of dark and sort of sinister way. Um, uh, very much like cyberpunk. So that's like, that's kind of like my main driving factor is just people making stuff, you know, and it's the uglier, the better. Um, yeah. Some of the, some of the worst means probably involving cats are what inspire yeah. you. That's, that's, that's awesome. That sort of thing. <laughs> but, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. They are even like, you know, Tom, so-and-so's gran posts a facebook picture of her dog like you know of her cooking or whatever you yeah. know um this is like stuff we i don't think we could, could share before um, no that's right so, that's why television's um, dying um yeah. you know i don't you know the only form of television you now watch are these high profile high budget series that last for far too long uh, but you yeah. still watch them because they you know they're great you're watching silicon valley and that's all you watch, yeah. you know. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. You watch that because it's so true. Um, that's what yeah. you know. It's it's. Uh, but yeah, that that act of I was just thinking about it recently. Like you know, wh- why would you want to consume um, what's just sort of like parcelled and delivered to you in a certain time of day when they deem it like, oh no, you'll be now be watching and listening to this now. No. <laughs> and that's yeah, happened, for me. It's, you know. It goes further than that. It's yeah. it's kind of it's also the unexpected things that you just see in your social feeds yeah you know yeah. um where you kind of not prepared and, and don't get me wrong I'm, I'm not a huge fan of like seeing some sort of uh like some of the horrendous stuff that people no. kind of pose um no no uh but i guess that's humanity but no it's it's just this kind of like surprising stuff and it's often really shit you mm. know um but i like the shitness yeah. um and i think you know you know doing graphics and stuff i think one of the things i always tried to do was to mess my stuff up somehow because I always felt like it was overly designed or overly thought out. Mm. Um, uh, so, like early on, I think when I was doing a lot of digital illustration stuff, I'd often just scribble over, you know, what I'd made um, in an attempt to bring it some of that life. 
um, you know, to to mess it up somehow. To make to it human, it, basically. That sort of thing. Right. Yes. Mm. Yeah. yeah. The 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 uh, sort of the cleanliness of things doesn't necessarily uh, draw yourself to, to to draw yourself to it. You that little error, that little mistake. When you hear a symphony played, you don't want perfection. Yeah. Actually, you want just a slight, you know, actually that yeah. little bit off key. But it doesn't matter. Yeah, and I, and I guess, I mean, for me, that's why I was always drawn to cyberpunk stuff. Because, it, yeah. you know, they talk about dystopias as, as if they're sort of these negative things. But I often, you know, saw positivity. And eventually, you know, in sci-fi, they, they did sort of start seeing some of these, you know, previously dystopian things as kind of po- positive qualities. And mm. you got you got genres like culture punk, you know, instead of cyberpunk or whatever. Um, uh, but I loved, I've loved, you know, loved all those things like, you know, the Blade Runners and the Ghost and Shells and the um, Neuromancer, and then sort of the, yeah, yeah, Neuromancer, and then you know, reading Snow Crash and discovering Neil Stevenson, and he took me on various journeys into various other things, you know, going through history and then um, culture punk stuff with uh, the Diamond Age and um, you know this kind of and it's going back to what I said earlier, just kind of like this kind of messier side of sci-fi and yeah i've always liked the culture novels for that i just love oh, the yeah, yeah. um the surprise of you know i think the opening of of the use of weapons which is a yeah. wonderful name wasn't the best book though but wonderful name yeah. of the book and the opening yeah. gambit i seem to remember is his head's been cut off and, <laughs> and the culture yeah. comes along and say what again <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's happened again <laughs> And that's the, I just love that conceit, that whole world of uh, these super, super, super beings. They're not myth, they're not magical in any way, but they are. You know, yeah. their power is beyond comprehension, and you know they're yeah. just kind of bored. <laughs> yeah. And they just go roaming yeah. around various planets, just causing mischief because they're bored. And I just, I just <laughs> love that idea. They never actually say that. I know some of them yeah. do, um, but uh, yeah, it's fascinating. What about what about you, Sean? What's the thing that draws you? We've got chaos, basically, for magic. But what, what about you? Yeah. I mean, I guess it's, it makes sense that, that mine is a little bit uh, like kind of the opposite. It's like I'm, I like I love the sense of like wrangling something together. Like I get so much satisfaction from you know uh, putting a, a working system together and seeing it sort of purr. You know. Oh. Uh, right. So. Yeah, there's like uh, I've always. That's kind of why I was in, like, why I where I drew my enjoyment from in app development, like having this tangible product at the end of a thing that you've that you know all the inner workings of and how it's like these interlinked, um, like piece like systematic, like steps that get it to this finished product. And, and I think throughout um, this game, like that's really what's kind of given me the most joy is like seeing something working, you know, mm. and and seeing it working the way we intended to and then knowing the the things behind it that keep it going um in terms of inspiration like i i don't know man i i read like way more than i should and like more than like lately i've been kind of paying more attention to the outdoors and and i've been finding that if i don't if i don't like temper my sort of computerness with some outdoor vibes then i really struggle to create you know and, mm. and, and i think like just the the act of sort of immersing myself in like nature is actually quite i don't know it, it it's inspiring in a way it I, not that like 
in terms of the actual creativity, uh, my my creativity in this project specifically has mostly been, you know, like a systems based creativity. You know, how would one get from A to B? We know what the picture needs to look like from the outside, but how does the inside end up looking? You know. Yeah, and you've you've got a cityscape in Tokyo Forty Two, and some bits, I've I've recognised bits. Like yeah. layouts, you, you, I think you've drawn from places you've been to, and maybe I've been to. I don't know. Maybe I'm projecting mm. a bit, but it's just like, oh yeah, I know that. Yeah, I, I think that's um, that's awesome, man. I mean, that's kind of part of the job is done there, right? Yeah. I mean, if if you if you're feeling like you're recognizing parts of yeah, eh? I mean, there's there's, there's parts like, of London that have been redeveloped very recently. I mean, those of us who've lived there for many years, you go, where did this come from? You know, when yeah, this, yeah. and he just like this. There's this part in the Liverpool Street. It's this huge sort of pit. Honestly, just, just strange. And it's got this big sculpture mm. right in the middle of it, and it's surrounded by these steps. And there's parts yeah, of King's it's the UBS. Yeah, yeah. Sculpture, isn't it's, it? And it's quite extraordinary. What is this? I mean, you, it's, <laughs> and you just take it. You're just walking around, sort of like. But I think what I was about to say, you, Sean, is the best piece of advice I can give. It looks like you've got it anyway. Is look up. Just look yeah. up, and uh, you'll see yeah. some amazing. I'm not talking about the sky. I'm talking about you know the cityscapes and spaces you're in, or if you're out, if you are out, if it's look it up, look up, and I find it uh, because most of us are shuffling around, looking down, trying to avoid eye contact for the of being punched in the face. Yeah, and yeah. Um, you know when you get out and, and out of the world and you have friends and that sort of thing, even then you're still slightly looking down or looking at each other. Just look, sure. just, you know, looking up, and it's. Um, it's very absolutely man you know when i'm running yes. when i'm running D D or any role-playing game i have situations where i force the characters if they don't look up very bad things will happen well they see. it's gonna happen but then if they look up they they see it coming <laughs> and, am i allowed yeah. to do an aside by all means do an aside um are you looking forward to divinity original sin 2 i backed it so yes um, yeah, and have you heard about forward. the Games Master feature? I have seen uh, a video of it by the Critical Role people, so yes. Yeah, the, the Matt Mercer yeah. and all them. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, a, Looks pretty interesting. It does. I'm a big big pen and paper role-playing game. I was, I was talking to someone about, you know, why don't I play multiplayer online games anymore? And they go, well, I play board games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why? Yeah. Why? <laughs> I'm, I'm, you I, do that already. Yeah, I do, higher fidelity. I, I do that already. It's high, <laughs> and the, the sound, it's a facial animation. Yeah, the sound quality is amazing, uh, and uh, you get food delivered as well. It's amazing. Uh, yeah. So it's uh, and D and D or role playing games. I'm playing. I play a variety. I keep on saying D and D, but I play a whole variety of them. Uh, I'm playing yeah. one called Coriolis, which is um, a game where it's set. Uh, it's in space, but it's the the Arabian Nights. So. <laughs> Oh yeah, so it's, yeah, it's awesome. it's it's crazy, and uh, you have a ship and everything, but it's a ship in inverted commas. You get my meaning, and uh, yeah. so you know, yeah, yeah, it's it's good, it's very good, uh, and um, that's a D six system. But to, to to have that sort of um, to 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 go back to the original point of the you being inspired by the world around you or the universe itself, well, that does sounds a little bit pretentious, but there's nothing wrong with that. No. So, no, for sure. My next question, I think I know the answer to this one because you've been hinting at it. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. What developer do you most admire in the industry and why? Matt, check. We have you first, and then we have Sean. Wow, that's a tough one. Yeah, because you don't want to hurt anyone's uh, feelings, right? Right? Yeah. 
Um, I don't know. There's uh, there's obviously loads, um, but um, for me, um, I you know I I'd, I'd look at triple A's a lot. So I've I've always been super uh, s- super impressed by a rock star. Um, mm. They're just insane, um, and the scope of their work just uh, actually nauseates me sometimes, <laughs> um, uh, just because it's just but it is mind boggling. I don't um, think they, people they mind- really understand really understand how much content there is in a GTA game. They yeah, it's, it's unreal. Um, I don't think so, you can understand no. it. I don't think one person can comprehend it. No. I don't think anyone at Rockstar understands no. it even. It just never. Uh, it's it's like, just terrifies me. So I stopped playing. Yeah, I mean, this, this is like <laughs> the, the controversy of the last few days aside, um, obviously. Yes. Um, with the, the mod blocking actions. Oh, yes. But that, let's blame Take-Two for that. Yes. Um, uh, you know, recently um, uh, played Play Dead's Inside, and that was just so elegant. Mm. Um, uh, I couldn't kind of. Once again, I was just like, okay, how do how can people make this stuff? You know, <laughs> it's just it's just amazing. Um, uh, but I think you know, for me, it's it's often it's you know, and we'll talk about with with the game, but it's a, some of the old schools as well, you know, like Psychosis and um, Sensible Software. Um, these are the ones that kind of push me forward. But yeah, I mean, I can I can literally spend all day. I mean, it's, um, there's so many right, and so many you know, like life altering games that we've played. I mean, the, the question is really built around a concept. You saying you, you there, you keep doing that. <laughs> That's yeah. basically it, <laughs> and it, it could be anyone. It could be a person, or it could be um, a company as well. And Blizzard gets pulled out a lot from the hat because uh, yeah. they, you know, they. I mean, the fact that they spend seven or eight years on a game and go, you know what, it's a bit rubbish, isn't it? Yeah, fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. So let's, let's wrap it up as a team-based shooter and sell it for millions. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And they were like really hesitant about releasing that. Like, no one's going to buy this. It's a team-based shooter. No one likes this. No, you're right. No, because one... that was originally going to be an MMO, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. So there's stories behind the characters. Yeah. Like, why is it? Is a mobile turret that no one likes? Apparently, yeah. <laughs> Bastion. Everyone I'm talking about. Not a game. <laughs> That, that's super giant games. That's something else. Um, but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's another mob. Um, so, any, any, how about you, Sean? Yeah. You, talk, you haven't really. You said there's so many, but is there anyone you can pick out before? Well, I mean, like, okay, so SquareSoft before they became Square Enix yeah, and whatever, yeah. man. Like, if only they could keep doing what they were doing, because mm. man, I love those games, the Final Fantasies. Yeah. But I mean, well, one thing that struck me, and, and I think this is probably more of a generic statement of a certain type of developer, but People who, you know, developers stick with something for so long, like the What Remains of Edith Finch bunch, um, I think they're called Annapurna or something. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not entirely sure, but they, they've been working on that game for, I can't remember the exact amount. Eight years. Like, eight years, man. Like, wow. That, that, is, that is so respectable. Like, I, I, I can't even imagine, the, I mean, the, that feat. What, yeah, what uh, that takes I thought to you like, can, work on something. When you said that, I thought, well, you can, what, Dwarf Fortress? You're going to talk about Dwarf Fortress now? Please don't. All right. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not a podcast. That's a whole series of podcasts. Yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm, I'm not doing that. I have to shut you down on that one. Not as anything yeah. wrong with Dwarf Fortress. 
I think. <laughs> but uh, I don't think the developers know what it is. That's what's so weird about it. It's just, sure. But, yeah, no. Um, eight years. Wow. Yeah, so you know, and that's like it's not it's not necessarily the longest um, game to play, no. but it, it is so beautiful, and it's it's an indie team, mm. and they just they just like spent that long making like this beautiful craft work, yeah. you know, yeah, and like you got to admire that, right? You have to. One has it's, to tip one's that, hat. Yeah. Yes, one does. Mm. Yeah, I just wanted to. I also just wanted to mention. Yes. Um, uh, Bohemia, Bohemia, um, with armor. It's been my kind of like sort of backbone for my gaming for for the longest time, and um, that they just stuck to the open development thing, yeah, um, and the modability thing, um, whilst making a huge game and hugely successful. Um, you know, you know, and it spawns so many genres, um, and you know, we're seeing now Battlegrounds is you know armor. Directly responsible for Battlegrounds yeah. and so many other games, um, and just their approach, and, yeah. and that they that they that they're the one of the few companies that allow jank and just go, well, sorry guys, that's how it is for now. Yeah, um, we'll fix it later. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've really loved. I've always loved what they do. That kind of uh, like sort of system stuff first. Um, you know, editor built in from the start. You know, um, totally. Yeah, all that stuff. And just and then giving everyone the tools they need to kind of, you know, go ham and make whatever they need yeah. to make. Um, yeah, the, uh, I, I agree. I agree with that one hundred percent. Like mod support, you know, as a cornerstone, it's just it's just such a fantastic thing to do, yeah. and it, and it, and it like it brings people into the game's world. Yeah, and it and it's just like it it really it, it's great. Like Tail Worlds Interactive as well. They made a uh, Mountain Blade. Oh God, they there. did. Yeah. What a game! Um, and they're like a, t- a Turkish, a Turkish bunch. They are, yeah. And, um, people don't know that. And, and I think, I think, like people are kind of a little bit upset with them now because they really just don't care about telling people any sort of release date for their new one. No. But because they just, you know, whatever, they're like, we're gonna make a game when we make a game. But they also went from a systems base like um, Bohemia as well, Magic. Yeah. And uh, it's just like it, it's it's a, it's incredible the amount of content that's been spawned from that. Yeah. So you got to, I really enjoy that as well. Oh, excellent responses. And I've got one more question for you because uh, we could go on and on about that one. I mean, I, I was going to go on about <laughs> DayZ at one point and like, oh, God, off we go. <laughs> no, no. And Battlegrounds will be like, oh, yeah, isn't it great that yeah. at the end of that you get a chicken dinner? What was that about? You know, win a win a chicken dinner. Um, but uh, what are you playing right now? Match are we playing yeah. lots of things? Yeah. Um, I'm busy playing Horizons Zero Dawn. Uh-huh. Um, I'm uh, playing Tokyo 42. <laughs> really? Uh, and some Project Cars. All oh, right, okay. Um, and last night, reinstalled Elite Dangerous to do some uh, multi crew right. stuff. Um, which yeah. Which is an interesting take. So, so what's multi crew? I don't. What does that work? Uh, well, you know, Elite Dangerous, you fly around in a spaceship and you jump from planet to planet. Told. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and Multicrew allows you to jump into someone else's ship um, and sort of man a turret, say. Um, it's, the, the functionality, to be, f- to be fair, is fairly limited. Mm. Um, the, the, the helmsman or the pilot has most of the controls still. Um, but it kind of just gives you an opportunity to fly around together with a mate, um, uh, you know, engage in you know, resource collection sites and take... And shoot rocks in space. Yeah. 
that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Asteroids 3D. Yeah, yeah. I always well, forget how, like, you know, the gameplay can be quite dry in Elite, but it, I've always found it a very beautiful game. But just how polished the whole thing is, it's so slick. Yeah, um, I think the thing that really struck me about the game, I know it opened up a lot of criticism, but I knew kind of structure is going to be a very brave structure them actually releasing it in modules so it's slowly yeah. growing over the years and they do mean yeah. years there's yeah. the sense of speed how on earth did they get a sense of speed in yeah, space but they like do visceral, isn't it yeah. yeah it's the sense yeah. of like you're really going fast no i'm fine no really really need to slow down why what they also gonna... get is is the sense of boredom as well which i yeah. think is very realistic to what yeah. space might be sure yeah. So just these long periods of just waiting whilst waiting. you're on your kind of just hit space ship drive or whatever you yeah. just kind of yeah yeah um, it's the, it's the, God, I, just, I, I, there's nothing out here. <laughs> I equated it to the rather quiet bits of Alien, not Aliens, yeah. Alien, because there was Absolutely, lots of yeah. very like no sound at all, just blinking yeah. lights and just nothing. Awesome. And in like, space, no one can hear you scream. No one can hear you scream unless you're yeah. inside the ship. Oh, science. <laughs> <laughs> anyway what about you Sean what are you distracting yourself with um, well we've, we're still working so there hasn't been a huge amount of time for games but yeah I mean other than Tokyo 42 I do like a casual um, Civ 6 session every now and then nice um, nice I've, I've been I've recently I've been really tackling like the old adventure games sort of point and click adventure so I did all the LucasArts I did um you know, like what a day of the tentacle and all that stuff. And they remade recently, full throttle recently, didn't they? I did full throttle. I did. Um, <laughs> I did a uh, Thimbleweed Park, which is a new one by Ron yes, Gilbert right. and yes. um, uh, what? What's a uh, yeah? The other guys, uh, very awesome, super yes. fun game. Yeah, I got a little bit meta at one point. Yeah. Um, and then other than that, I'm like I really, I really am into sort of turn-based type type games. So there was a game called Expeditions Vikings that came out. Recently. Oh, it, that was pretty it's cool. Really good, especially if you know your Viking mythology. Yeah, it's, it's quite cool right. Because well. they were really, really. I mean, it's something obvious now. They were yeah. brutal people. It was either, yeah. you know, one little yeah. thing, and they're like, oh, "I'm just going to gut you." <laughs> Well, that's the thing, man. You play as Vikings and you kind of go raiding, but I realized I'd be a really terrible Viking because I'm always like trying to do diplomacy and exactly, stuff. Exactly, you know? yeah. Like, trying to, like, uh, yeah. Could you give us that, that, just, that, that pig? Yeah, please. You know, please. <laughs> it, would it be all right? Yeah. You know, <laughs> worst exactly. Viking ever. Yeah, um, exactly. But it's a wonderful game. I, I played it frequently at uh, various expos and stuff, and seeing it evolve over time, I saw a very early alpha of it. But time, by the time it's close to finish, like oh, wow, they've really, they've really turned this around. I mean, there's not much mysticism or magic going on. There's a little bit, but yeah, generally, a tiny it's, bit, yeah, sure, but yeah. generally it's just you know people being people in mm-hmm. in, in Denmark. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great, you know, you like do, we need do. more uh, ancient Denmark simula- uh, simulations, really. Yes, there's not enough of that, really. Uh, uh, we, we played a bit of Steel Division, Normandy 44, okay. as well yeah. as, as a house. That was pretty fun. Is that pretty the one fun. with the, you have a set of points in the top left-hand corner and yeah. you play cards yeah. and then yeah. you set the divisions off and then push it off against each other whoever's got the most points and done it, done it right and yeah. executed just right because the amount of times you go oh no wait 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 no damn it I should have put a transporter <laughs> in there don't go yet don't go yet don't go oh damn it I was going to flank them I know you were 
but only it's kind of an rts in the spirit of uh world in conflict so yeah it's uh it's not so much base building well there's no base building it's no, kind of it's you just, have a bunch of yeah. resources that tick up and you throw your units out and, and there's a you know it's a very strong rock paper scissory sort of thing mm. um uh yeah recently it's it's made by ugen systems and paradox bought uh looks like they uh, went into a deal, a publishing deal with them mm. for the first time on this game. So this is their first time they've they've been working with modern conflict for a while, sort of up to the 1980s, I think, sort mm. of Cold War stuff. And then this is their first re- this is their, re- their return to or their venture into Second World Second World War stuff. Yeah, it's basically so. a series of flashpoints during the D-Day landings or just afterwards. Yeah, um, and uh, which is a very, very, very important part of our history. Um, like, yeah. I could, I People don't really know, but that could have gone horrifically wrong. <laughs> yes, sure. Um, well, I mean, yeah, lots of people did die. Yes, so it still kind of went quite wrong. It went quite wrong in many ways. In fact, there were some mm. fronts that we should have gone into. Netherlands being one of them. Right. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, a fascinating game. Absolutely, I did actually say to the developer, I can't see the points because you can't. You know, you're focusing on the you—they're not big enough. That number's not. It is quite big, but I think they need to. I said that you need to do more (laughs) to that freaking number, make it flash or something. Because if I if I know I've got another hundred points than I think I've got, (laughs) then that you know you're gonna spend it. You're gonna spend it. Because that's how yeah, that game works. I mean, that game suffers terribly from what I call a BFG syndrome. Do you know what that is? No. BFG syndrome is basically where you get the big effing gun on yeah. Doom, but you never fire it. Uh, yeah. So, you know, you just get like, oh, well, I'll just store that up or I'll, I'll keep that for late. No, no. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. No, no, shoot it. Save, <laughs> yeah, saving the ammo. I think yeah. I've, I experience that all the time where I'm... <laughs> Like, you know, I need to save this for the boss or whatever. Yeah, um, which never and, comes. And then I get to the boss, I'm like, no, I can do this with the low-level pistol. Or yeah. <laughs> and then by the end of the game, you're like, wow, I didn't experience half of the weapons. Of no, the game. so true, man. <laughs> so true. Just, so I, I, I give up with that now. I just say, nope. Have I got a BFG? Have I got a, a blaster or some ridiculous gun? Yes. Shoot yeah. the imp with it. What? Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, as a house, we recently played the Uncharted game. I was just going to mention that as well. Yeah. Really right. cool. Um, yeah. And their resource system is really good because you know you have two weapon slots and co- the enemies are constantly dropping weapons. So yeah, you can never really have that much. I mean, you can't hoard as no. such. No. So you kind of invite it to uh, experiment. You know, quite. Yeah. Uh, quite a lot. So the combat's super fun in that because you kind of, you know, you can you can fire that rocket launcher, man. No one's going to punish you, you know. <laughs> just, yeah, <laughs> just do it. Yeah. yeah, just do it. And I, I yeah. say it to everyone when playing games now, regardless of what type of game it is, because I play paper and pen and paper and analog games as well. Like if you got that, don't just it sit is. on it. <laughs> yeah. Just shoot it. But it's only I don't care. You know. Yeah. Like so, having 500 potions in Skyrim. It's I just like, yeah, dumb. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when I played um, The Witcher, the first one, I love telling this story. Um, the Witcher, the first game, um, not the third. The third's brilliant, but the first one it does hold up still. It's, it's a very different game. Um, but um, one of the things it does is you, you make your own potions, you see, and you, you basically take all these potions. That's what makes you a Witcher because you can resist uh, all these. Yeah, yeah. 
and you're doing that you're pumping all these potions in to actually get built up so you could fight these creatures unlike everyone else but there was one thing that was going on with the screen something very odd was going on some of the textures were replaced with a, a, a red basically so some textures would be replaced by just oh, yeah. a blank red just a red sort of thing you'd think a graphics card was freaky you know when you see artifacts and stuff like that going oh yeah. god no and you're just like oh god it's it's failing you know and it was yeah. fa- and, and I thought it was my graphics card and I went on the you know forums because it wasn't Facebook back then went to the forums and oh yeah it's just you know when you, you, you're tripping out <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're tripping you're, you've got too much you're taking too many potions it, high what? toxicity I remember that. I don't remember the red, the red textures. Yeah, I definitely yeah. remember the tripping out effects. Yeah, being but like, it, Whoa. It, if you really push it too hard, then the, your actual screen would start really going crazy. And like, yeah, yeah. you get red. So they replace regular textures with just, just a blank red. It's yeah. just like, what? What's that? And there are okay. little flecks everywhere. And you only notice it if you're really used to the game, and like so involved with the game. Like you yeah. know, you'd see the one. Like, well, that's a little bit. What's that? What's that? Oh God, no! And before it was dying, it wasn't. It was the game messing with me because I'd <laughs> I've been tripping. I've been tripping balls, as they say. So kids these days. Kids these days. So on that note, that's the end of the first half. You made it. You used the BFG. Yay. Well done. Half a sausage. <laughs> Half a sausage made. made. One hundred and fifty uh, is halfway through, so we're going to go to the second half now, where we delve deep into Tokyo Forty Two. First question isn't the question this known as the zeroth question. It is what is Tokyo Forty Two? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Should I handle it? Handle, handle it. it. Handle, handle it. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, we could do like the ele- elevator pitch sort of. Uh, well, so you guess. can do. You could say it's a. It's a. It's a cake. I don't mind. Just go for yeah. it. Yeah. Um, well, it's. It's at a Tokyo Forty Two is um, a mixture of Where's Wally and Blade Runner. Um, so imagine uh, it's, an, it's an open world action adventure set in a future Tokyo um, mm. in a sort of cyberpunk with a sort of cyberpunk story but it's, um, it's all very brightly coloured um, and uh, action packed. So um, you, you run around at, at, at sort of an open world with a, with a very wide perspective um, and you can uh, it's it's got an isometric style, um, and your viewpoints kind of reminiscent of old school games like uh, Sensible Soccer or um, Cannon Fodder, where you kind of pulled back. Um, but you can spin your view, um, and you have because of that um, uh, that and new technology, you have full vertical access to this world. So you can jump up and down, and you can engage in combat across different levels. Um, and what you'll be doing is you'll be 
undertaking missions uh, as an assassin, a sort of a budding assassin in this future Tokyo, where you fight or there's a, a sort of a mini stealth uh, game loop in the game, um, or you just explore um, this hyper color, colorful future Tokyo. Um, and yeah, um, it's a sort of crazy adventure. Brilliantly yeah. put. It is, it is a beautiful thing. It's the, what I love about that is the contrasting colors everywhere. Mm, uh, yeah. And that's it's clearly a design decision, or more than design, a visual design decision, yeah. um, because you know you could have gone the syndicate route and everything gone brown, yeah. uh, and that was fine for syndicate because a that's what the machines were capable of back then. Although yeah. no, no, the PC could have done it, but the Amiga couldn't, um, and um, it uh, it also lends itself to the fluid movement. And this, this sure, it's clean, right? Clean to a point. Mm. There's someone. There's. It's pretty. The, you can scratch the surface, and it's far from clean. Yeah. Um, and the atmosphere and the people within it aren't particularly pleasant. Um, no. If I may say, I mean the characters in it are <laughs> different, to say the least. Um, I mean, yeah. uh, I'm not. I'm not interested in spoiling anything on the game because oh, there's stuff happens. Especially involving one bit that involves a vehicle. I won't say what kind of vehicle, <laughs> um, but we'll leave it at that. Uh, and uh, <laughs> thanks for the chuckle, and uh, thank you for making it. It's great. Uh, it's a pleasure. <laughs> thanks for playing it. <laughs> so um, I wanted to address what you're saying with the with the lights and stuff. And yeah. um, one of the things is because it's a it's a cyberpunk game at mm. heart, you know. But you know, ma- ma- magic. We mentioned Blade Runner a number of times, and Syndicate was another one. And the and these cyberpunk renditions are all like very dark and sort of noir themes, and that's quite it's like the typical way of looking at this stuff. Well, it's because of Blade Runner, isn't it? What are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so then Magic was like, well, you know, cyberpunk worlds also have daylight in them. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So we yeah. we made a daylight cyberpunk. You know, a, yeah, a light and fluffy. Daylight cyberpunk. Yeah, it can yeah. be done. I mean, uh, it's. Uh, I mean, the whole thing with Blade Runner is it's po- post-apocalyptic. Most people, well, that's not true. Most people know that's true, but they don't really know what that means. And the word where it's realised is a bit peculiar because you think post-apocalyptic, you think Mad Max. How could it be post-apocalyptic yet still have, you know, flying ships and technology and oh. stuff? It's a bit. It's complicated. You know, if you yeah. if you read the book, um, the, the short story, not the book, sorry, the short story, yeah, um, you'll understand more about what it's about. The fact that it's got outer space colonies and everyone's just leaving, and that's true. Yeah, uh, that's how it works, and that's the why you know, Earth's pretty much dead after what's happened. Um, so, but what you've created here is a, I don't know what it is. I like it a lot, <laughs> but I can't. I don't want to equate, equate it to another book. I don't think. You know, it's another fiction or another world. You know, it, it could be something from anything from Warhammer 40,000, which allows for any world at all because that universe is insane. Yeah, to, yeah. you could say, or it could be one of the more civilized sort of core planets in, in, um, Firefly, for example, because Firefly, yeah, the yeah, core sure, worlds, sure. it reminds me a lot of the, some of the core worlds in Firefly. Yeah, um, totally, actually. I never yeah, saw that before. It's just like, oh, it's one of those. Because that's sterile. That's sort of very civilized sort of environment well, that nothing well, I, ever I happens. Just, 
just to that point, you know, you know, when you when you are thinking about sort of um, sort of dark sci-fi, which our game actually is in a way, um, mm-hmm. it's kind of like really kind of mangled dark themes. Um, you know, you you, you know, you, you're thinking about you know beggars on the corner and there's rubbish everywhere and smoke coming out of you know the the gutters and you know whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, one of the things that's striking me is that you know, looking at some of the cities around the world, and you you, you know you, you go to places like Tokyo. Whilst I love the cleanliness. It's also something that really scares me a lot. Right. Um, so you know, right. we feel it in London quite a lot. These new these new areas which are being developed, um, where you know it's all corporate money and you know it's really massively designed. And you go into these spaces and they're just so sterile. You know. I can't um, deal with Canary Wharf. I don't like yeah. it. Mm. Canary are... Wharf's a fantastic fantastic Horrible. example. And yeah. and I think there's a lot of that sort of spirit in in the way we approach the design of. Right. Tokyo 42. I mean, I think I think that's an excuse for you know we didn't have the time or budget to bring it to life fully, but at the same time it kind of fits. Um, I don't think so. There's some um, weird stuff that happens. It it looks from if you look at a glance at it. No offense to to match. When I say weird stuff, I want to let me expand on it, yeah. and then we'll ask you the design <laughs> question. Was that there's yeah. like you walk around and you go, oh, this is some blocks and look. What, what's the face doing there? What's that big face? You're just walking around like, oh yeah, there's another, there's another residential block. There's like an advertising face. What's the, what's the head? Face. Big head. You know, it's one of the first things that struck me. Like, what's that? I was going to ask you at the show, but I didn't want to. I thought it would be rude. Love it. What? What? It looks like something like a pinball machine. I'm okay. Yeah. I'm all right. And it's just it's this huge face. But they have a lot of that kind of thing in Japan and stuff like that. They have these yeah. sort of sort of like they have a they have a full size Gundam in, in yeah. Japan. With, uh, yeah, people, right. A friend of mine's Actually. convinced it's fully functional. I keep on advising yeah. him. No, it's not. No, it's not. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean they have some pretty fantastic sort of yeah. uh, city scale sculptures over there. They're they pretty do. awesome. Yeah. So. I'm going to ask you this question now. I've, I've, I've got two first ones. One of them's a bit benign. One of them's more to the to the nail. I'm going to do the one to the nail. If, you, if you're, I'm just going to switch yeah. it over, the it's a third person action adventure where you're p- controlling a very very small character. He's teeny, teeny tiny. He or she? Teeny tiny. Teeny tiny. Teeny tiny little character. And uh, yeah. I want to ask why? Why is a single hit instant death? Why? Why did you make that decision? Ah, oh, just it's just elegant. Um, it's it's it's, it's no health simple. bar. It's kind it's, of there's some saying to everyone. You know, there's no health bar. You know, we were looking at uh, obviously a health system stuff, but you know, we really loved how Hotline Miami worked. Um, it was kind of like this merciless um, death, but sort of forgiving respawn sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and it just felt right, you know. Yeah. Um, right. It's just like very sudden, and it it puts it makes everything. It's suddenly everything's risky, you know. And you, yeah, you, you, you can't ex. You know, the the exploits kind of have to come through your wit, yeah, as opposed to uh, tanking uh, situations. Yeah, I've been the, the, some of the early missions when I was learning to play the game, or when I was demoing it at various expos and stuff. I found myself almost almost completing it, and then yeah. one <laughs> one stray shot, like <laughs> no. No, you thought we got away with that mess, didn't you? Because eh? the one, yeah. the one I found, the one when I'm the least elegant, when I'm just hurling grenades <laughs> here, there, and everywhere, and then just <laughs> like shooting everything and going, I'm bad at him. I'm bad at get him eventually, and then my target, you know, I'm bad, at, I'm bad at get him, and then he comes rushing at me with a sword, and I shoot him in the face, and then someone shoots me in the back, and I'm like, come on, 
<laughs> Come on. <laughs> I had him. I just got the reward. Actually, flashed up. Now pick up your reward. Actually, know you're dead. You know, and it's just like it's just. I just want to ask you why. I know why, but I don't know. Well, you see, yeah. I think it's a hardcore game, really. Tokyo Forty Two is is a, It's like it's a hard game. Yes, that is, yeah. and 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 we, you know, it's it's got this really light and fluffy exterior just from the when you look at it. But really, the the combat is quite tricky, and the the bullet hole mechanics they can be very very tough, and we. We really, I think we've made like a hardcore game, and and we always wanted to have that one life um, death thing, like because, like Magic said, it's a Hotline Miami sort of elegance that we we wanted to achieve. But I think if there was more, it would it would just it would just not be hard enough, you know. For me, I would feel like it's just not hard enough. There would be less tension, mm. which. I think there is a less lot of gratifi- gratification. Of less gratification too, yeah. Speaking of the difficulty level, and this is the first question I want to ask you, like I said, it's relatively benign, but it might lead us down a path that you might not want to go down. But um, there's definitely, for me, despite what I just described to you, you know, the frustration level, it's not so high because there's a one, mo- one more go aspect to Tokyo 42 that's had me playing into the wee hours when I shouldn't. Um... It's very, very strong, and it seems to be, from what I gather, from what I'm playing it, that seems to be a very key design aspect of the game. You've built it in such a way that, yes, it can be frustrating, but not to the point where it's unfair. Um, how have you managed to balance that frustration versus not unfair? And you know, how do you? How, is that something you've consciously I mean, done, I, I, or has I it fallen I mean, into place? The first thing was was we put a lot of work into the saving system, okay. um, which kind of which kind of we we wanted to bring people as close to their point of contact as possible. So you weren't redoing long long sections. You know that was our, that was the first and most important thing because we did have a few you know a few iterations where you might be put back you know five minutes of play you know uh, or you know sometimes longer and and that's no good. No, that's what I so call I think the was, uh, battlefield syndrome. Yeah, where you die right. <laughs> and then spend yeah. 20 minutes running back but and I think, die. But I think one of the things we, we really wanted to get was because, you know, because this is an open world and it's, um, you know, part of the part of the reason why the, the, the camera is so far back is because you're engaging in combat, sometimes like across the city, so to speak. Um, so across very large spaces. Um, but there's, there's loads of different opportunities um, for combat. And we didn't, we, you know, the the, the the dying and respawning thing. Um, what we what we were hoping was that people would test different things. Um, right. So you'd you'd kind of you'd some angle just wasn't working. So you'd rotate the camera and try a different angle, just a viewpoint, or you'd try go to a different location and try approach the problem from a different. You know, using a different weapon set, which or, is always feasible in every mission. There's always a different way to do it. Yeah, I love yeah. Um, parkour. I love just jumping onto something like, I bet, yeah. I bet I can reach that. If I reach that, they yeah. won't, they won't see me coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah getting the high ground is super important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At you. Um, but yeah, um, I think there was a lot of freedom. and it's sort of in terms of the consideration. I think you know, I think for us, the balance was when we were having fun. Um, we f- we felt that the balance was good, right? Um, okay. Uh, you know, and obviously there was some consideration in the early game to to try lead people in, but after a point, it was kind of like we just wanted to, you know, present these combat puzzles or stealth puzzles and kind of leave it open 
yeah. to the player to either exploit their way through or you know do the bullet hell thing and just be so badass you know um yeah a, a bit of neo it doesn't do anyone any harm does sort it? of thing yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um i'll just see code now <laughs> yeah. so although he didn't ever ever say that that was the other character but yeah uh, so yeah it's it's the, the other side of it you know because it's a vertical combat in an mm. isometric space is I, I don't i can't think of another game that's tried to tackle that problem of how do you do uh vertical combat in a isometric from an isometric or you know pull yeah. back perspective like that mm. so there's a lot of complexity sort of intricate complexity to actually getting targeting the stuff around you so it does become this kind of puzzle mm. at least that's the way we kind of wanted it to be of you know where you're fighting from if you're fighting and picking your shots because uh, you have to be very considered even though it gets like quite crazy you have to be tactical and that you know you end up having to use co- cover a lot yeah you have to sometimes yeah and the, the little um, shadow of um, like this is where they you were last and this is where they think yeah. you are and <laughs> they're gonna lob grenades at it if you keep staying there oh, okay i'm just yeah, gonna run it's, then it's kind know. of like fantastic for us when we got to this point where you're watching you're watching people play who are kind of good at the game and um they're moving as if I mean, you, you could imagine this was a first person shooter mm. you know they're, they're they're ducking in and out of cover yeah. um their shots aren't specifically precise unless they're you know if they're if they're being suppressed a lot mm. so there's a lot of pressure on you um and and you you have to displace a lot. You know you have yep. to you know if, if if a piece of cover becomes kind of compromised or there's a grenade coming at you, you have to change position and then you have to dodge a few bullets and then work with a new piece of cover. Um, so it becomes this kind of cool dynamic thing. When um, with with the AI that Sean wrote, um, there's all this kind of emergent random sh- sort of stuff that we don't even understand fully. Um, Sean Sean wrote the, the 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 code and he claims to understand it, but I don't think. He really does. <laughs> no, I mean I don't understand what I mean. So I just like wrote the, some of the pieces and then sort of jammed them together and like sewed sewed up certain arteries to other arteries within the AI and yeah. started breathing at one point and then it was like oh well let's not touch it too much more. Yeah. But um, but like what Magic was saying about watching people play, that was a, that was a very important part in the sort of the, the difficulty sort of adjustment. Yeah. There was a lot of cheesing that was going on. You know, I, I don't want to name any names, but Paul Kildev Taylor. Um, <laughs> he, was, um, he was great at um, finding ways to cheese missions. Oh. And, I, and, and that was like, obviously, we, we needed that. Yeah, you know, yeah, because yeah. He, he would do stuff and then he'd be like, look, look what I can do. I can just win by doing this. Look. And then I was like, cool, well, now I'm going to change it so you can never do that <laughs> yes. again. You know, like, so one thing you'll notice is grenades. <laughs> yeah, well, I won't talk about it too much, but yeah. you, you can't just hang hang out somewhere and just, like, throw grenades and kill no, everyone. No, that never, never works. I, haven't, uh, I only do stuff like that to distract. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I use it as targeting, but typically I use yeah. it as a distraction to get him running somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So then slip in and jump in and then I'll take him from behind. Um, but um, my next question um, is how difficult it has been to design a bustling city or replicate what appears to be a very populated and bustling city while ensuring the player can see what the hell they're doing (laughs) (laughs) well that's been that's been a a sort of fairly fine balance I think Mm. from my perspective there was a degree to which um, like I said very early on with the inspiration stuff I wanted it to be messy I didn't want it to be a perfectly designed thing because 
and, and I think this is an issue with the game as much as anything else. Um, uh, you know, I wanted it to be colorful, wanted it to be lively, um, and, you know, the, the game space is to be constantly changing, and so everything's kind of crafted and stuff. Um, so you're kind of never in the same sort of environment twice, at least gameplay-wise. Um, but uh, that having been said, there were stages in the design where it, you just simply couldn't see what the hell was going on at all. Um, and, you know, the, the colors had to be dialed back often. Um, so a lot of the focus is on the surfaces of the buildings where there's a little less care taken on, onto the walls because you're not engaging too much with the walls. So we're allowed to kind of make those a bit more colorful and whatever. Um, but the surfaces you'll notice throughout are actually quite muted. Mm, um, yeah. Uh, uh, just to, just enough. I, you know, we still wanted it to be wild and like sort of eye popping in a way. Mm. Um, well, the overall uh, sort of environment you're in is eye popping. If you look at it from objective, but to stand back and see the distance, it's, it's it is very engaging. It's one of the things that drew me to yeah. the game. But it's yeah. really when you're focusing on what you're doing, you kind of put that in the periphery of your vision and just focus yeah. on you until you engage the enemy or enemies usually enemies yeah. uh, of many and then you go and then you have to sort of like you change your focus and it's it's, it's fantastic yeah, you've got to kind of relax your eye and just kind of yeah, yeah. watch the bullets yeah. and kind of keep track of yourself yes and the good and actually what happens a lot is of that, things yeah. yeah the priority when you're in combat is yourself mm. so where you're aiming it's kind of for me when i'm playing it's a sort of secondary thing i'm mainly Absolutely. positioning myself and making sure that i'm safe and then kind of spamming whatever i've got out there yeah and sometimes like direction have a moment to pull out the sniper yeah. and try a more specific shot where someone's being a bit dodgy or whatever um it's very similar to um geometry wars that's how i play that yeah. game okay you need to shoot i get that but where are you <laughs> where are yeah, exactly. you and like oh well yeah. there well you don't want to be there do you no oh damn <laughs> Yeah, didn't not notice that grenade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so my last question to you, I know all good things come to an end, mm. but um, this is not about so much. Well, it is. I think it's a very crucial point of of, of any game. But it's the score, not as in the score, but as in the music score. I want to ask yeah. how it's very odd. Uh, it seems to react to what you're doing. I'm not sure if it is, but it seems to be. Can you talk us through, in reasonably high-level terms, the sound design behind Toko 42? So, um, first off, uh, we, we didn't do the music between us. We've got our friend, uh, Vithenti Espy, right. actually in Cape Town right now, and he did all of the sound and the sound design for the game. Okay. Um, he He's great. Um, but basically, we, we work quite closely together on it, and the what we tasked him with was to come up with an ambient theme for each distinct area in the game. Ah. So so you'll find as you're transitioning between places, like we've got the Kaolan City, which is like kind of the densely, very Tokyo-looking yeah. place, and then you've got the forest, right? And they're very different soundscapes mm. there. And then I, I think with, there's about 10 of them in total, or 9. Right. Um, and then... For each area as well, there is an alert loop. So that's when you're in combat in those areas. Right. So, uh, yeah. But otherwise, I mean, Vicente's got this 
uh, he's got this incredible mindful composition, mm. and he, he the, I've noticed sometimes that the music, like almost, even though it's just the same loop, it it, it kind of it feels like it is reacting as you like pointed out. Mm. You know, like if you're doing something like quite tense with stealth, while there's no real stealth uh, loop there's actually like the tension starts building in the song and it and it just works. Yeah. It's kind of like one of those um this is probably like a very un- unfair analogy but when you're reading like a horoscope in in the paper and you like it you kind of make it fit in your mind <laughs> to yourself. Yeah. The music has that effect in a way yeah. in some some cases where it just like it just works. Yeah. Um, at least in my in my opinion. No, it's just, mm. I just that's why I wanted to talk to you about it because it struck me as just as important and just as well crafted as the visuals, mm. and you've, yeah, you know, that's yeah. not uh, not always happens. You know, sometimes the one that 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 one aspect isn't as strong as the other, but they really do complement well, each other. It was it is really important to to us, and I think a lot of the game actually hinges on the music because mm. you know it's you know essentially this was a two man team making this game. You know, we we do have uh, uh, the people who are helping us with ports and writing and various other things. Um, uh, big shout out to Mode Seven for helping us out. By the mm. way. Yes, um, I was going to publish that. Indeed, um, yeah, I was, was going to sign off with that one. But thanks. Yeah, yeah. But um, you know, what you see, say, with the graphic style is um, it's colourful and stuff, but it, it is very minimal in a lot of respects. It's quite simplistic shapes and boxes and whatever. And and that was that was mostly a requirement of time and right. budget. You know, we, we, we had to come up with a, a, a thing that was feasible within a, sort of a manageable amount of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so what, what then, because it is so basic, I think the, 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 the music was so important in bringing this world, bringing sort of character to this, to this world and color, coloring it properly. You know, and, and, and I know the, 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 the graphic colors do a bit of that work, but the music does, it does so much more because, you know, it invades your mind. And we know this about what the reason, what, what music's about and why it's yeah. there. Um, but it does so much work, so much more work than just a picture, you know, um, in terms of just engaging the mind and bringing, bringing a, 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 themat- a theme to spaces and putting you, immersing you, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Um, so I think for us it was it was super important, especially because we're a two man team doing the you know the bulk of the work, yeah. um, just to kind of take it to that next level and expand the scope of it without having to you know expand the functional scope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's I mean yeah, sorry, yeah, but sorry, sorry. Um, just just wanted to expand on the sound design stuff. Yes, There's also yes. quite a lot of nar- narrative specific um, kind of songs that are in the in the game. And uh, I, it often it, it just baffles me sometimes when I think about it because while you know it was Magic and I who made the game for the most part, there is so much music in this game. It's like it fills out an OST, and like with the amount of budget that he had and the time that he had, is just I, I don't know. It feels like such an incredible feat, and it does stand on its own as well, really well. Like I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he's actually filled out. He's got the OST, and then he's got the B side, which is the ambient stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's essentially two, two albums length worth of stuff, excluding you know extraneous sound design, like all the sound effects, like all yeah. the sound effects as well. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, it's incredible. It's, actually, yeah, that's yeah. why I wanted to talk to you about it because everyone that I've spoken to about your, uh, about Tokyo Forty Two is they immediately start jabbering on about the visuals. Yeah, but have you heard it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they then, really have to. And yeah. I'd I'd recommend to everyone just to grab it on their Spotify and just give give some of the some of the tracks a listen because you know there's vocals on some of the track. It's like full produced stuff. It's crazy. Yeah. you know. Yeah. 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 Well, gents, um, it's been fantastic having you on. Uh, Tokyo 42 is out right now on Windows PC and Xbox One, and possibly by the time this show is released on the PS4. Um, congratulations for releasing it, and thanks for sharing your thoughts about it. Thanks, thanks very Chris. much. It's been great to be here. Yeah, yeah, absolute pleasure. I'm sure you got something out of it. I know I did. And yeah. uh, you're more than welcome to come back and talk about whatever's next on your plate, whatever next you appear with. We have had <laughs> we have had repeat guests, not many, uh, but the show's been going long <laughs> enough that people have come back. I think we've had Roll Seven come back uh, to talk about. Um, we did they did uh, Ollie Ollie first, then Ollie Ollie Two first, and then they came back to talk about Not a Hero. So you know it's ah, right. so that happens. So uh, maybe it'll happen with yourselves. But in the meantime. Thanks for making Tokyo 42. The world needed it. And it is a better place for it. Um, Thanks, and um, just keep on doing it. I mean, we didn't talk about multiplayer. I could have gone on, 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 on. We could have done. But uh, it does exist. Yeah. Uh, I think we got the core of it. Does exist. It does exist. And it's a thing. And it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, but because it would've, we would have gone another 40 minutes. <laughs> we got on that. But yeah, do, do check it out. It is a fantastic game. And uh, one that should be celebrated. So thanks. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Chris. And thank you, everyone out there who's about to go and buy the game. All of you. I know you will. <laughs> and, and do try to enjoy the bike. Yeah, don't, don't talk about the bike. <laughs> and so ends another episode of the sausage factory do leave us an itunes review and you can also don't forget listen to us on stitcher.com so just go to stitcher.com and you can stream the show from there you just look up the sausage factory and you can find us that'd be great you can follow me on twitter at chris o'regan no apostrophes and uh, if you want to email me any feedback on the show or actually you're a developer you listen to this show and want your game featured on it please do email me at chris at spong.com also don't forget to check out the computer game show which is the stable mate podcast should we say of spong.com bye